Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 423 of the Juicebox podcast. On today's episode of Defining Diabetes, Jenny Smith and I are going to define insulin deficit. Today's episode is part of the Defining Diabetes series, which lives here inside of the Juicebox podcast. It's where Jenny Smith and I take terms from your life with type 1 diabetes and explain them in ways that we hope make them useful and understandable. My friend Jenny Smith has had type 1 diabetes since she was a child, I think for over 31 years now. Jenny holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring systems. And she used to be one of Santa's elves. Please remember as you listen that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Now the music will build to a crescendo and we will begin. This is going to be probably a pretty simple one and it might not take a lot of talking, but I do want to I do want to give it its own space. Define insulin deficit. How do you think of it? If I say those words. I think it could be defined in a couple of different settings. And if insulin deficit is easy, you decide to eat whatever you're going to eat and you just don't take insulin for it. So there's a deficit of insulin clearly, right? Um, There could also be an insulin deficit. And this one I think is harder to determine how much insulin you need to correct and right the situation of insulin loss is when you have someone using a pump and the pump site has failed, Mm -hmm. but you don't quite know that that's what's happened. You're like doing all these extra things. You're bolusing extra. You're trying to like fix the high blood sugar. And finally you realize, oh, my pump site is all wet or I smell insulin or, oh, look at that. My pump site was like kinked instead of, you know, when I took it out, that's a harder deficit to repair because you're not quite sure how long has the deficit been going on? How much of the bolus two hours ago actually went in? Did any of it go in? I mean, my blood sugar is here. So that one's, I think, a little harder to take care of. Um, but a deficit, I mean, it's you're just you're missing insulin. Right. Why? It has to do with like figuring out where you didn't get insulin or what. <laughs> What's well, the reason? When, in in the situ- in scenario when your pump cycle is bad, I sort of just look back. Arden has a Dexcom, so it's easier. But I sort of look back at where I start seeing that drift up. And, yep. if, and if I think to myself, well, that was two hours ago and she's 225 right now, I just act like none of that insulin that I thought I gave her exists. And I go pretty hard at it and and just try to start over again. I am such a big fan of like crush it, stop it, start over mm-hmm. again um, because I think it's time saving. Yeah. Y- you know, and I and I don't like the idea of. I don't know. I know this is probably completely backwards from what most people get told, but if you have a 300 blood sugar and it takes you six hours to bring it down, I don't know. That just seems. That's a long time of feeling like crud. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, it doesn't seem right to me. And I, I, I don't make a habit of dropping Arden's blood sugar like a stone. I'm not, I'm not saying that. And I don't think that's right. good either. I'm just saying that if I see that drift up and it's been an hour, 
Well, then I think, all right, an hour ago, she stopped having enough insulin. But the, the, the truth is, though, is that I have the comfort in my head to know that her insulin's being used correctly or it's been set up correctly so that at any sort of a drift up, I don't think of as an anomaly. I think of it as something went wrong in the process, but that's because I have the confidence to know that the process is going to go the way it's going to go. It's tougher for people who are, who are still getting things right or chasing things around. That's a horror that I have trouble putting into words. Like what does it feel like when something's happening inside of your body and you don't know what it is? Correct. And how do you make the next step? And I do see how people get to, well, I'll just wait. Um, right. You know, right. So I, and I think, I mean, that's a really valid point to bring up is if you're going to be, as you coined the wonderful term, if you're going to be bold with insulin, know how your body responds to it. Yeah, you can't and start guess. to learn that right. because you have things for Arden so well set that you can say, she wouldn't be drifting like this. I know that there's something not right here. I can add this much more insulin. I can attack it. I can avoid being 300. And if you do it with the pump in the pump site, she just keeps going up. Well, you're going to change that out. Mm-hmm. You're going to stop it again before. And you might like me, I usually just do an injection. I'm not going to wait around for a pump site to start absorbing. Well, I give an injection and I take care of it yeah. because who, like you said, who wants to sit at 300 for six hours? Right. You have some sort of a deficit fix the issue as you can, uh, come in, inject a correction. I always like do like a temp basal increase too, to kind of get the site moving and then you're on your way again. Yeah. I, I don't think we've experienced a, um, a site change high blood sugar in a very long time because I don't even bat an eye now. Last night we changed Arden's pod and her blood sugar was like 85 and I bolused a half a unit just because yep. we changed the site and, and didn't think anything of it. Um, but, but, but to dig in farther for insulin deficit, like you can have a deficit at a meal, right? Like you could need sure. four units, use three three units. That'd be a deficit of your meal bolus. Mm-hmm. I see people whose basal rates are sometimes really steady. Like their their lines are steady, but they're higher. Like, oh, look how steady I am, but I'm always 140. That to me is a basal deficit. Uh, you don't have enough basal unless you meant for your blood sugar to be at 140. Um, and, right. and then- even with corrections, you know, like we talked about earlier with, you know, with, with your, with your ISF or your correction factor, you, if you, you're too late there, but when you're missing in all of those places, these deficits have different impacts, right? Like, so your basal def, your a basal deficit keeps you raised higher. If your meal deficit, if you have a meal deficit, then you're going to shoot up after you eat. Um, and if you have a correction deficit, you're going to stay up longer once you're up there. And and all of those things are really just to say that you have to use the right amount of insulin at the right time. And right. if your blood sugar is high, you probably don't have enough insulin. Um, right. But a lot of people have deficits. I, I don't know if this is the right place to talk about this or not. But in the last month or so, since I talked to you last, I've helped two people with control IQ. Mm-hmm. And I did it blindly meaning that I have never seen the settings on Control IQ. I don't know what the menu looks like. I have no idea. But I followed their Dexcom, and I said, I'm going to talk to you in my words, and we'll translate them to what you see there. And I, got, I was able to get two people's graphs level Numbers and lower. Down. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, it was all, I almost just did it for fun, which I think says something weird about me. I was like, I wonder if I could do this. And, and I started with the one, I, I said to the one, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm right. like, I'm happy to like be a sounding board for you. But just remember that everything I say is going to be a guess. I have no right. idea. But in the end, it didn't matter. It was all the same. You, you know what right. I mean? Like in, it just, you need more insulin here, less insulin here. You don't pre-bolus, you have to pre-bolus. It was all the same stuff. Right. I think something too, and you bring in like good point about like, where did the deficit kind of start? And, and, you know, with your initial, if you're sitting nice and stable, but at a blood sugar 140 or even 150 or whatever, and you're flat and stable at it, what I always recommend to people is, was it flat and stable at a lower number and then you ate and then you got to the 140 or 150 and it never came down after that Yeah, because that's then not necessarily relative to the basal. That's the bolus problem, right? right? So sometimes it takes like, you have to take a couple steps back to look at where does it look like the deficit kind of got going? Mm -hmm. Um, Because somebody might think in the scenario of, oh, it's 140, but it's flat and I'd rather it be at, you know, 102 and flat. I'm going to dump more insulin in here. Well, what if you start at 102 then and that basal hike that you popped in isn't quite right? It's too much, but you didn't realize you needed the insulin before that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I well, probably this will just end up being a different kind of an episode than I thought. But um, I, I'm so where I go when I see somebody's graph for the first I, listen, you show me a 24 hour graph. I can fix your blood sugar in about four hours. Like that's how it is. Right. So but the first thing I look at. If I see a graph that's kind of up and down, my first question is always, are you feeding insulin or stopping highs, right? Mm-hmm. If you're feeding insulin, I it, it makes me leap to your basal's too strong. If you're always stopping highs and everything's elevated away from where I, where I want it to be, and I'm thinking about 85 when I'm looking at it, then mm-hmm. I think, okay, where we'll start is we're going to pick one basal rate. Yep. I'm going to bring everything down, try to get it flat, and then we'll identify spots on the graph where maybe you need less or more overnight or et cetera, that kind of a thing uh, for basal. And then once I've got that, then we figure out the pre-bolus time, you know, and you ha- and I'm telling like, look, you have to pre-bolus. It's just not going to work otherwise. Um, after you've got the pre-bolus time, then we work on understanding like the glycemic loads of different foods. And then you're kind of done. <laughs> like I don't, I listen, we're stretching this podcast out. <laughs> it doesn't your, need to be rocket science. Get your basil right. Pre-bolus your meals. Understand the impacts of foods. Go live your right. life with diabetes, right? right? Like it, it kind of is yeah. like that. But it's fascinating to have that conversation. And you know just as well, having a conversation with a person and watching them have all their different aha moments. And, and they see all the things that they thought they were seeing that weren't right. And you're right. right. They can they never seem to be able to step back far enough away to see the whole, the whole picture, picture. you know? Right. It's really right. interesting. Okay. Do you do it similarly? You do it. You do it like I do. well, though. We, we do actually, I mean, you're, you do it kind of really in the same scenario that we essentially, we look for, we look for the lows. Mm-hmm. We always want to get rid of lows to begin with, yeah. because if you're constantly feeding extra insulin, you're creating a lot more of the roller up and down because mm-hmm. you're constantly adding and then you might be correcting and then it's dumping you off and then you're feeding that and correct. It's just this never ending cycle. So we avoid the lows first, even if it means adjusting things 
to a little bit higher to begin with to get rid of the lows. Mm -hmm. And then we can bring that down. Once it's more stable, you can easily bring that down once you're not adding in all this extra food that you didn't really need. Do you find that it's harder to talk people into believing that their basal is too low if they're experiencing lows? Yes. yes. Like, like when you say to somebody, Hey, your basal needs to be high. They're like, no, I'm low all the time. Like, ah, you're low all the time because your basal's too low. You're over bolusing for food and you're crashing after the food's out of your system. Right. And then they're gone. Then their minds are like, and you know, I'm like, no, no, yeah. we're going to make the basal higher so that stable times are lower so that meals aren't as impactful on your system. You'll see. And the, it, that's a hard thing to talk people into believing. It is. It, it, that's mm-hmm. that's always interesting. It kind of it kind of goes right along with like it's not really insulin deficit, but it in a in a way it's sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Insulin in one place for insulin in another. One place is wrong, and the other one you're compensating and feeding with more insulin because the other place doesn't have enough of it. So if you get it smoothed out, yeah, then you got this nice like. You know, right. Because when equilibrium. you when you do that, when you have it unbalanced like that, to me, the biggest problem it, it causes is extra bolus that's still available after food is digested constantly. Yeah. And then you're crashing and then you're feeding the you feed that insulin and then you fly back up again. Then you correct right. and crash. And then and it's just um, it's fascinating to watch people. Um, it makes me better at it to watch people to watch it go wrong for people because the more that I can look at it and just say like, Oh, just do this, this, and this it's, it's great practice for me every time. Like, yeah. like my wife said to me one time, she's like, the podcast reaches so many people at this point. She's like, why are you like, you're giving a lot of time talking to like one person at a time. I'm like, no, I'm learning. Like they're getting help. That's what they get. I'm like, but I'm getting better at it. Like, right. Like by doing you it. learn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it is really interesting. Yeah. I think it's um it's the way that I, and that's why I always bring up people's graphs when I'm talking them through adjustment and why do I see the things the way that I am seeing them because going forward I want you to have that tool. I mean, as much as I love all the people that I work with, I want you to be able to have these tools in your own toolbox and go on your merry way and yeah. <laughs> Jenny can't sit in a pod well. in the matrix and just with a thing plugged into her telling you all how to take care of your blood sugar for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, well, I so it's funny um what I do you notice too that some people are just in general so like I don't know I can never tell if it's they're scared or they're so sure that the things that they figured out are right but I end up saying to people a lot of times privately listen I appreciate what you're thinking here I was like but you're just wrong and you got to let it go you know because you just like, you're fighting and you're wrong like I like I just try this once and see what happens you know I think it's Many of the people that I see that more so in are those that have some pretty significant, um, like hypo anxiety. Mm-hmm. They're very, very, very worried about having a low, and many for good reason. They've had a very significant problematic event happen, um, or you know, EMTs coming to their house, or um, yeah, you well, know, being that's a good reason to be scared. Treated with yeah. right. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to be scared, um, but I think I, I see that a lot more with that group of of people with diabetes. Um, well, so. I'm talking about that, and I mean this with love, but the type A lunatics. 
that are just trying to control like everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're trying to control six things you don't understand, which is a good, you know, who's particularly, and I mean this again with love, particularly bad at this nurses. <laughs> I'm not a nurse. Well, nurses, <laughs> thank goodness, nurses who have kids with diabetes are particularly thrown by diabetes. It's really interesting. Like, like I listen, had it happened once, twice, three times, I'd say, okay, maybe I'm making it up. I'm on my 300th nurse who all react exactly the same way. Like, I think that they're so accustomed to this, the order that they follow at the hospital, not really realizing that that hospital orders just really in place so somebody doesn't drop dead or get too low. It's not really right. about managing diabetes day to day. But right. yeah, they're they're the hardest to break free. But once they break free, boom, then they've got it. Like because then they can use that order that they that they're accustomed to in the right way. It's interesting. Right. It really is interesting how different people react differently. If you'd like to learn more about what Jenny does at Integrated Diabetes, go to integrateddiabetes.com. The podcast has a private Facebook group that you can find, uh, you know, on Facebook. It's called Juicebox Podcast, and then there's a colon, and then it's Type 1 Diabetes. There's also a public page called Bold with Insulin. I'm on Instagram, too. Just hit 10,000 followers there. That was kind of cool, because... I'm not very good at Instagram. What a salesman I am. Hey, would you like to see an Instagram page that's probably not good? Go to Instagram. The Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and you can learn more at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. We're also sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Check it out at contournext.com forward slash juice box. Want to get a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump sent right to your home? You can do that at myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Learn more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box support my favorite type 1 diabetes organization at touchedbytype1.org and follow them on instagram and facebook and if you'd like to support type 1 diabetes research that makes a real difference check out t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box let me do a little uh bit of talking for the podcast itself here at the end as the year winds to a close there's one more episode left but if you want those Diabetes Pro Tip episodes, go to diabetesprotip.com or head back to episode 210 in your podcast player. That's where it starts. Diabetes Pro Tip, newly diagnosed or starting over. Don't miss the After Dark series. Any of the episodes that are titled After Dark and then something else, they're incredibly interesting and topics that people don't talk about very often. More recently, we have type 1s who have experienced heroin addiction, bulimia, depression, bipolar disorder, divorce. They talk about having sex with diabetes, smoking weed, drinking. Look for those episodes in your podcast player. They're after dark, and then, you know, other words. If you're interested in algorithm pumping, I have a whole series on it. Episode 227 is where it starts with Diabetes Concierge 
from there, 252, 304, and then the great three-parter, Fox in the Loop House, episodes 312, 313, and 420 with Kenny Fox. We even have an episode about the Minimed 670G. Jenny and I talk about that in episode 326. And the blog's pretty great, too. You should check it out at juiceboxpodcast.com. Is there anything else? Mm. Oh. No, I don't want to tell you about that yet. How about this? Juiceboxdocs.com. Have a great endocrinologist or diabetes practitioner or need one? Juiceboxdocs.com. All right, that's it. One more episode left in 2020. It's kind of a relaxed conversation between Jenny and I. I started the year with Jenny. I wanted to end it with her. Without the, without the talking over top of the ad music, you can see how incredibly repetitive it is. Isn't that weird? Look. But if you just talk over top of it, it's kind of handy. Learn more at myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. See? Then it really comes in the... Then it really does a job. We're almost done now. You want to just chill with me? We'll do the end here. Change this here a little bit. That's how you can tell something's going to happen. I'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks so much for listening, for sharing the show for leaving great reviews wherever you listen. And if you're listening online, find yourself a nice podcast app and subscribe. The Juicebox Podcast is available everywhere you get your audio.